0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoy today's message. Power. <laughs> hey, you know, there's something about uh, you know prayer, and uh, we're seeing God. Uh, you know, we, we did this thing to fan into flame. This 21 days is fanning into flame, and and like uh, Pastor Bethany said, and that uh, Verna said, that it doesn't intensify. It takes things off of us. that we could be closer to God, all since the beginning, right? We were supposed to be close to God. We were supposed to love and know him so well. And because of our sin and because of man's fall, you know, we were deprived. We were, our minds were darkened. And ever since then, God has been trying to restore us back to our original selves, back to holiness, back to him again. And, you know, fasting is one of those things that does that. And so I just can't encourage you enough that if you haven't started with us, you can join in late and still um, get the benefits of that. Um, but I want to get into this word. Uh, I believe this is, a, is a, a, a word from the Lord today. Um, when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old, somewhere around there, uh, my si- I have a younger sister. A lot of you know her. Uh, she's not here today, so I can talk all about her. And so, hopefully, she's not watching online because that would not be good. No, hopefully, she will watch this. You know, so when we were little, I, I, I was, you know, so 11, 12, maybe she was 10. And we went outside and played. Uh, this was on a cool day. It probably was either uh, fall, late fall, but no snow yet. And, you know, we'd play around outside. We had this, a lot of land where we lived. And there was this, um, all of a sudden by our house there appeared this hole about this big. Maybe a little bigger. Maybe a little smaller. I don't know. About this big. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's like a pit. You know? And I was like, oh, I could jump over this pit. And so, um, you know, my sister and I were playing around. I was like, oh, let's try to jump over this pit. And so I, you know, ran and jumped over this pit. Yeah, I it over the pit. And we would go back and forth jumping over this pit. And one of the times we jumped over this pit, my sister, you know, a little younger than me, she had this uh, fur-like coat on. It wasn't real fur, but, you know, this, she loved this jacket. And she was jumping over, trying to jump over the pit. But one time when she tried to jump over the pit, she didn't quite make it. And she fell down into the pit. I'm not trying to do a Parks and Rec uh, thing here, but she fell into the pit. And, uh, you know, she was stuck in the pit. The pit was probably five, six feet deep, I guess, and she couldn't get out of the pit, and I wasn't strong enough to pull her out of the pit, Uh, you know. And so I had to go get my dad, and uh, apparently this, I didn't know what this pit was about. I didn't know it was in the pit, but she was in the pit. (laughs) And so my dad came out, and, uh, you know, what I found out later, know now, is that this was the sewer overflow for our house. That she had fallen in, and my dad had taken the concrete block off of it because he had to do some work and you know on it and he had stepped away while we were playing, and uh <laughs> she fell in the sewer pit, right? And so she uh, so my dad came along, and my dad was big and strong, and she had this for cord, and he reaches down into the pit and he pulls her up out of the pit and places her on solid ground. But she and she had this brown stuff all over her coat. And her, she, my sister had long, beautiful hair. She still does. She's got hair like my daughter Gracie uh, did back then, even bigger hair. And oh, all her hair was just brown and disgusting. And she's, I mean, it was bad. And so, you know, as a 10, 11-year-old boy, I was like, oh, you know, trying not, try not to laugh. She's trying, she's trying not to cry. I'm trying not to laugh. My dad is there. My mom comes out. And my mom does something, you know, she brings her in the house. She takes out this coat and she goes and, you know, brings her upstairs and and she washes her and washes her again and washes her again and (laughs) washes her again. And she cleans her. And I just thought of what a beautiful picture of what I want to talk to you guys about today, that we have all been in the pit. We have all been down in the the miry clay, the Bible says, that we were trapped. And we couldn't get out on our own. And we tried to have others try to help us and other things to try to help us. And yet, the only person that could come and rescue us from this pit of sin or dirt and muck, sewage, was our Heavenly Father. By sending His Son, Jesus, and He came down to the pit of our despair. And He pulled us up out of this pit. And He placed us on a solid rock, on Jesus, right? That's what the Scriptures talk about. And that's what Jesus did for you and for me when we received Him as Son as our Savior, as our Father. But you know, a lot of people would stop just there and say, yeah, I've, I've received Christ. I've received Jesus. He's pulled me up out of this sin. But, you know, uh, the problem with that is that my sister at that point, she still reeked of the sewage. And a lot of times, us as Christians, we're like, oh, thank God I'm saved, and, and we're, we came up out of this pit, and we're on this solid rock, but we still reek. Of the world, we still reek of our sin. In the second process, my sister didn't just need to be pulled up out of that; she needed to be cleaned, right? Because if she still smelled like that today, nobody would be a friend, right? Nobody would want to be around her. And similarly, we don't want to be around people that stink or that reek, right? We need to get that off of us. We need to get it cleansed off of us. And, and same with us, you know, we come up out of this out of this, this smell, out of the stench, and God wants to clean us, not just save us from it, he wants to cleanse us from it, and so there's all kind of scriptures on this, but the one I want to pull us to today is in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, actually, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's actually in this section addressing husbands and wives, and how they should treat each other, and in this part, the second part is towards husbands. And he goes, uh, and I'll just read it to you. He says, to the husbands, in verse 25 of Ephesians 5, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And in verse 26, it says this. This is what I want to just kind of bring our attention to. He says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And so although Paul's addressing husbands and how we ought to love our wives, he pauses there for a minute and gives us an example of how we ought to love them. And the example is such a beautiful thing because it's actually Christ cleansing and purifying his bride, you and I. In other words, Jesus doesn't want us to stay wretched. He doesn't want us to stay filthy. He wants to clean us up. And in these times in uh, Ephesus and in this culture, when uh, a husband, uh, a fiance's were about to get married, there's this whole bridal uh, cleansing ceremony. And the, the wife, uh, the to-be, would go through this um, process, this ritual, and be ba- bathed in all this uh, different oils and perfumes. And she was cleansed to be ready for her husband. And hopefully the husband did something similar as well, that he didn't stink either, right? (laughs) Today we call them showers, right? And hopefully we're taking showers, right? But here they were cleaning and cleansing, and and this is a symbol, symbolic, that, that God is wanting to wash us, to make us ready to be his bride. God doesn't want a stinky bride. He wants us to be, well, it says, so to present, in verse 27, to present to himself a bride that is spotless, without wrinkle, holy, and blameless. Now, how does that relate to you and I? How, how are we doing? <laughs> how many of you have, don't you have, you don't have to raise your hands. How many of you have falled, fell into the pit? How many of you have been rescued, right? But how many after you've been rescued, like, oh, I missed that pit? <laughs> I'm going to start you know, playing around the pit again. Actually, I missed that thing that I found in the pit. Oops, I fell in the pit again. And God, Jesus comes and gets us out of the pit again and again and again. <coughs> and again, we get dirty. And again, we get the things of the world on us. And again, we get sin on us. And again, we go to these things. And, and, but God is wanting us uh, to be a pure, spotless bride, cleansing us, making us holy, washing And the Bible says it like this, verse 26, washing with water through the cleansing of the word. You know, God's heart and desire is to continue to make us more like himself. From the beginning of time when we fell, when we got away from God, when we became deprived, when we became sinful, when we allowed sickness and death and depression, all these things to come into our world. Ever since then, God has been doing all he can to get us out of that pit. And he sent his son Jesus to come and, and, and pay the price so that we could come up out of that pit. But once we get out, he doesn't want us just to stay there. He doesn't want us just to, to stay with us all of us on us. And so there needs to be a cleansing. There needs to be this bridal bath ceremony. There needs to be this, this, uh, that Christ is, he's not overlooking the sin, but he wants to um, es- establish. Uh, this this he 's persistent about cleaning us it 's like you think you need to get this off you, and he does it by, the by, by dying on the by dying on the cross and us receiving the blood of the lamb and by what this says right here but by the cleansing through the washing of his word. what is this word? What is this word? Do you know there are so many scriptures that the Bible talks about uh, that that say what this does to our lives. Let me just give you a couple, all right? When we read the Word of God, it says it's useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, to train into being clean. Uh, The Bible says in Joshua 1-9 that uh, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Right? It, do you want to be? Anybody want to be prosperous and successful? Get into this word. It cleans. It takes things off that aren't prosperous. It takes off things that are heavy. It takes things that off that are wrong. It, even in business decisions, it will guide your life. In your marriage, it will guide your marriage. In your relationships, it'll guide your relationships. In your finances, it will guide your finances. Even in who you pick as sports teams, it'll guide that. But some of you aren't listening. Just kidding. If we get into this word, it will wash us, it will clean us. And then it says in Psalms 1 1, 1 and 2, it says, Happy are those who delight is in the law of the Lord, into this word, and and they meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. You know, a lot of people have fallen into this trap of this false doctrine I'm going to call it cheap grace, where God doesn't require anything of this relationship. I'm good with God, it says. His love is unconditional. God loves me no matter what. God loves me without judgment, and I can do and live however I want. These are only half-truths. Could you imagine being in a relationship? with your spouse, and one of you say, you know what, thanks for being together, but I'm going to just go cheat on you and do whatever I want to do. How's that going to work out? How's that working out for you? Yet we somehow think that in this relationship between God and I, we don't have any responsibility, that we could just live however we want, and it doesn't matter. This is a false theology, a fa- false doctrine. God's unconditional love demands something of us. The other, the false doctrine, say that there doesn't have to be a behavioral change. I don't have to uh, have some kind of different life. I don't have to believe in the law because that's the Old Testament. Jesus said that even if you look. Lustfully, in your heart, you sin, let alone commit adultery, which the law says. As if God turned out to be this naive person who lets, turns his eye away every time that we sin. This is a false position. It's not right. And God has called us to not just get up out of the sewer, but to cleanse us and to be clean. God wants to clean us. And you know what? We need it. And we need it again and again and again. I've been living for Jesus for a really long time. For over 40 years I've been Lord Jesus. And I need him to clean me today as much as I did 40 years ago. I need his help today as much as I did 40 years ago. I need him to come and forgive me and help me to live righteously more than I did, as much as I did 40 years ago. The Bible says in Romans 12.1 that in view of God's mercy, in other words, after all that he's done for us, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Church, guys, listen, watching online, it is time to get clean. It is time to allow Jesus to clean us. It's, allow, it's time to allow the washing of the word to clean us, to get the filth off, to not stay and the things that he rescued us from. And the very things that were killing us and destroying us and blinding us and cause, causing us to be wretched, to be lost. Those very things he wants to get off of us. And if you read this word, if you get into this word, if you study this word, if you meditate on this word like I, I just read those scriptures, it'll start to get into you. It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword, the Bible is. It comes, and it gets in your heart, and it it divides truth and lies, joints and marrow. The Bible will get into us and clean us. It'll take off the junk of the world, the junk of wrong teaching, the junk that we've believed for so many years, and we realize, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is on me. Last week at our encounter night on Monday night, which we're going to have again tomorrow, we'll be here praying, seeking the Lord and worship.
1: Uh, a young man,
0: uh, he's not here today, I don't think he'd mind me sharing, uh, David came up, he just got, gave his life to the Lord not long ago, and he walked here on uh, Thursday night to come to our youth program, three hours to get here, and it was really cold out. And um, he said to me, he's like, you know, Rich, every time I come here, I think it's like 19, maybe, I'm going to get 18, 19, and uh, he, every, he said, every time I come here, it's like I get more clean that I get more closer to God, that that the things of the past get further away and the things that God has for me get closer. Isn't that a beautiful illustration of exactly what I'm talking about today? That we need to allow God to clean us again and again. It is time to be clean. You know, when uh, Carly was born, my my first year, you know, they should charge me every time I talk about my kids, they should charge me like a dollar, right? Kind of like because I talk about them all the time when I'm preaching. But when she was born, it's um, right at the hospital. She came out. I was like, "Whoa!" I hope she doesn't stay like this. <laughs> She's beautiful now, but when she first came out, she had all this gunk on her. She had a cone head. Her 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 skin was discolored. She had this thing coming out of her belly button. Yes, she was ugly and stinky. And the nurses took her and they brought her over to this place and washed her up while she's crying, washed her and cleaned her. And they brought her back and she's still, you know, mm. But as she got older and God worked in her life, <laughs> cleaned her, she's gorgeous today, right? And And could you imagine if, like, Uh, You know, somebody is first born, and they just stay like that, all ugly, and I just don't think babies are pretty. Sorry, guys. You know, are cute. You know, I think they're, when they're toddlers, they're really cute. But, you know, they just, they're just, you know, anyway. So, wait, could you imagine if she just stayed like that? Nobody cleaned her. Nobody helped her to grow up. Nobody talked to her about walking or talking. Nobody ever talked to her. Nobody fed her. Right? What? She wouldn't make it. And the same thing when we are born again, and we come out of that pit, and we're all full of gross stuff all over us and, you know, full of the world still and all this stuff, and nobody spoke to us, and nobody cleaned us. Nobody spoke to us about this word. Nobody, could you imagine if we were 40 years after knowing Jesus, still the same exact of how we were when we first got saved? Don't you think we should mature? As Christians, don't you think we should be cleaned up? Don't you think we should be closer to God? Don't you think we should know? Shouldn't we go from glory to glory? Shouldn't we be progressing in our relationship with God? Not in neutral or not still? Is anybody here? (laughs) It's time for us to be clean. God wants to cause us to be beautiful. He talks about it in Revelations that he wants to shine on us, that he wants to make all things new, that he wants to exchange this this sin for, for newness, this this ashes for beauty. He wants, to, he wants to come and 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 fill us and cause us to be more like him, to be holy. We need to be cleaned again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. There's a lot of things we could do. You know, when my kids, uh, you know, they come in from outside playing, and, you know, they've got the stink of sweat and basketball or whatever, you know, on them. It's not, you know, our, you know, teenage boys, you know, like, they can stink, right? Like You're not going to stay like that. Go take a shower. Go clean up. Same thing with us. Sometimes we mess around with the pit. Sometimes there's things that the world puts on us. There's things we pick up from watching the news or being around other people uh, that just get onto us. And because of that, we now stink with these attitudes and with this this heaviness or with these these beliefs. And God is asking us, please, go take a shower, go get cleaned up. What does this say about that situation? What does this say how you should live that way? Get cleaned up. Wash in this word. Read it. Study it. Get to know it. Meditate on it. Love it. You will learn to love it as you read it. The Bible, this Bible has is, is been said to be like a lake that no one can find the bottom of. The further you deep and you dive, the more you realize that there's so much more. One scripture can go super deep and have multiple meanings and take you and free you from all kinds of things and sharpen us and quicken our spirit and bring us back to where we ought to be in Christ, clean and holy, blameless, sharp. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Today I want to just ask you, challenge you to allow God to clean you. Many of you have been pulled up out of that pit. Some of you still have the stink of the pit on you. Some of you have fallen back into the pit. But God is there to clean you again and again and again, to take you away from the pit, to wash you, just like my mom washed my sister. God wants to clean you today. There's no real shortcuts to this except getting into the word, reading the word, studying on the word, prayer, getting into the presence of God like we were today, getting into a crew. That's why we come to church. That's why we get into crews. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we pray. Because every time it's God cleaning us again and again, and every time we're getting closer and closer, and every time we're maturing just a little bit more, you may look at a person's life and say, well, they don't really seem to be growing. But when you look at a toddler from the time that they're age three to age four, wow, look at in one year how much they grew. But you don't see it in the moment. It is similar with our spiritual life. You may not feel like you're growing. You may not seem like you're getting cleaner. But if you stick with it, if you persevere, if you push through it, you look back after a year and you'll be like, wow, look how far I've come in God. I don't struggle with that temptation anymore. I don't think like that anymore. Get in to the word. Let it cleanse you. Let it renew you. Maybe some of you are here and you're saying, you know what, I'm I'm just still stuck in the pit. I've been stuck in this pit and I need to get out of the pit. And I just want to make it very clear that Jesus died on the cross to rescue you from all the things that you have done. And that you've gotten ensnared in and trapped in and caught up in in a pit. And he will come, if you let him, and reach down and take your hand, if you let him, and pull you up out of that place. And it will take you and it will start this process. We call it sanctification. But it basically means set apart, to clean. In other words... You're set apart from the filth of the sewer pit. You're set apart from the filth of the world. You're set apart from the filth of sin. And you'll start this process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take your whole life. <laughs> again and again being cleansed. But if you're here today and you said, you know what, I've never started that process. I've never been pulled up out. And today I want to make, I want to reach my hand up to Jesus. And say, Jesus, would you pull me up? out of this miry clay? Would you pull me up out of this nasty pit? Even if you're watching online, you could say this prayer. If that's you here today, with everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed, if that's you and you say, you know what, I need to be pulled up out of this pit, would you raise your hand so I could see it? So you know what, I need to get my life right with Christ. I need to be rescued again. Come on, I want you to say, everybody say this prayer, and everybody watching online, say, Lord Jesus, I need your help found myself wallowing around in myself, in sin, and I can't get out. But I know that you can get me out. So come and pull me out. Come on, say it again. Come and pull me out. I believe that you died on the cross and paid the price for all these things I've done wrong so that I can get pulled out. Thank you, Jesus. To help me to live for you and to get cleaned up for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on. If you meant that, that's awesome. Let's give it up for those that did that today. Hey, if you meant that and you prayed that from your heart, the Bible says that you are born again. That you have, you have come from the old to the new. That you have a new life in Christ. And I want to encourage you that if you did that, to text us and let us know so that we can kind of give you some advice on next steps and how to read this word. And maybe you're, you're confused by what it says a lot of times. And that's why we have Cruz. And that's why we have the text line, at 444-2100. If you text that number, let us know, hey, I made a, a choice to follow Christ. And we'll walk alongside of you and help you in your next steps of your relationship with Christ. He loves you. He wants to wash you. He, wants, he not, well, not just doesn't want to just save us. He wants to wash us. So church, it's time to let Jesus wash us. Will you let him? I'm going to let him wash you again and again. And if you keep getting tripped up in the pit, let him clean you again. If you trip up again in the pit, let him clean you again. Eventually, you'll learn to put a protective measure around the pit so you don't keep falling in it. Right? In other words, go talk to somebody. Tell them that, hey, I'm having a hard time. I keep falling in this sin. Help me. Pray for me. The scripture of today's um, journal was just that. Confess your sins to one another. And then, because of that, it will make us righteous. And our our righteousness will be able to be fervent and turn into fervent prayers that will be effective and powerful. Come on, let's stand on our feet. We're going to worship Jesus one more time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today, I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that, Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owe. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you did that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.